This podcast was recorded on Aboriginal land, the land of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations. We pay our respects to their elders past and present. Hello, Christina. Hi, Penny. Welcome back to In Those Days. And just before we get started today, we've got another guest on and I found some more articles um, in Trove to share with them. But before we did that, I just wanted to talk to you a little bit more about Trove. Excellent. Because Trove is, the digitised newspapers, they're scanned images of the of the papers, mm-hmm. but you can search for words in them. And have you wondered why you can do that, Christina? I haven't been pondering it, but I will start to ponder yeah. it now. Ponder briefly and then I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Um, it's because of it something called OCR, which is optical character recognition. Okay. And so basically it's a machine, reads the image and turns it into text, which then you can search. And so if it didn't have that, it would just be pictures of the newspaper in Trove and you couldn't put, you couldn't type in words and find all the articles about okay, a particular yep. person. And then the other feature that that means is that sometimes OCR gets it wrong and because the text is blurry or the paper's a bit faded or something, it makes mistakes. Mm-hmm. And so the thing that Trove did that was really excellent is that they said that anyone can correct that text. Oh, a bit Wikipedia. It's very Wikipedia. So it's like a, it's a community curation archive project. Mm-hmm. And so you can do it anonymously or you can sign up and you can go in and... and You've signed up, haven't you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you can just correct the, anything that you find that's wrong. And there's actually a leaderboard... For people, so it gets a little bit competitive. Wow, how many people are actually signed up? Oh, I don't, I don't know how many people, but do do you want to know how many lines the winner, the the leading person, has done? How many? Do you want to guess? Have a guess. Um, I'm guessing if someone's doing this, they've got quite a bit of time yeah. on their hands anyway. So maybe a hundred and fifty thousand. It's six point six million. Wow. Six like point six population of a country. Lines. Lines. Yes. So War and Peace is like five hundred and eighty-seven thousand words. So that's a lot fewer lines. Wow. And they've done six point six million. Wow. Okay. So there's a Put lot of things in perspective. Yeah. Really doesn't. There's a lot of very dedicated um, people out there. Mm. But it does it does help others and I was asking some people about why they do it, like why they like spend time correcting text. One guy, Murray, was telling me that he does it partly for his family legacy so that other people will be able to find information mm-hmm. about his family but also just because he thinks Trove's great and he wants to help. Good on you, Murray. That's the attitude. Mm. Yep. Yeah. I do it when if I find an article useful, I'll, I'll just fix it up. Yeah. I probably oh, yeah. wouldn't. <laughs> Well, anyway, are you ready? Should we get our I'm guests? really ready. I'm excited. So our guest today is Bonnie Tangy. Hello, Bonnie. Hello. And Bonnie is, uh, for, well, she's my sister. <laughs> it's another Tangy. Yeah. And uh, she's also a comedian and a scientist. Yes. As well. And um, because Bonnie's – and Christina and I used to do comedy as well. Back in the day. Yeah. So <laughs> we've got a little bit in common. And and I thought that what we might do today is a bit more tangential and I thought Tangien. I – Tangential. <laughs> yeah, so there's the comedy There it in. is. Still got it. <laughs> 
Um, I, I'm, I've looked up some articles about comedy in Australia in the olden days. Oh, and particularly I tried to find women doing comedy in the olden days in Trove and and particularly in Sydney, which is where Bonnie, Bonnie lives. Now, it was all a bit different back then. So people weren't really doing stand-up. More vaudeville. <laughs> well, exactly. <laughs> it was all it was vaudeville and funny plays and, and sketches. YouTube and, pranks probably. A lot of, a lot of YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And and also a lot of people visiting from overseas. So a lot of comedians coming over from London and staying for six months and doing shows and stuff. And that, that really hasn't changed, has it? Yeah, it's <laughs> just coming over here and taking all our yeah, laughs. Not this year. Yeah. <laughs> Stay over there. <laughs> but I did I did find one woman. Well, I think there were probably lots of Australians, but they probably just didn't get the coverage or, you know, it was just a little bit harder to find. But there was one lady who kept coming up and her name was Letty Creighton and she was an Australian and there were a few interviews with her where she talked about the comedy industry. And so I thought I'd share with you one of those. This is from the Newcastle Sun, the 11th of March, 1938. And it's the headline is Australian Comedienne Looks Back. <laughs> So just to start with, how do you feel, Bonnie, about that term, comedian? <laughs> um, is it necessary? Do you like it? <laughs> to be honest, I, I only ever hear it used sarcastically. Right. But what you do hear a lot is female comedian. Yeah, because you do um, need to speak. You don't want people to get a shock. That must happen too when people introduce you as a scientist, like the female scientist. <laughs> yeah. Just so people are really clear. We've well, got to get the getting lab, lab coats. coats. Yeah. <laughs> got to get them taken in around the waist. Tapered. <laughs> yeah, so people can see your figure. Yeah. It's nice. Um, okay. So this is the article. Things just ain't what they used to be in the show business in the bush, according to Letty Creighton, Australian comedian, Ugh. who was prominently cast in Let George Do It, now in production at Cinesound Studios. Hashtag me too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that, she was also in films and stuff as well. The days of the moonlight flits are over and there is no chance of becoming stranded backer Burke without a penny in your purse. So she's going to go on to talk about that a little bit, but basically in the olden days, you know, people used to go on these tours and it's a bit rough. Um, Bonnie, you've been on uh, <laughs> you've been on some comedy tours, haven't you? I have. Um, I, th- I think you're referring to one I recently went on. To um, back a Burke. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I had the best time ever, but there was a, a plague of mice and one morning. Oh. Yeah, and I was sharing a room with the, about six other people as well. Yeah, they said, do you mind sharing a room? And I said, yeah, that's fine, but I thought maybe one other person, but no, it was basically the whole town. But one, one morning when I woke up, there was like, there was literally four m- mice that had been caught under my bed in, in traps Aww. just in the night. And God knows how many more were there. That was that was all the traps. So all the traps were full. Yeah, and you had a few snuggled up in bed with you as well. Yeah, we had a little cuddle, cheeky cuddle. <laughs> so now... Tours are quiet and well-ordered affairs these days, said Letty in an interview on the Let George Do It set. The government has seen to that. (laughs) A certain sum of money has to be deposited with the authorities before a company can be taken on tour. If if a show goes broke, you're assured of your fair home at least. Moreover, tours these days are usually conducted by people of standing and irreproachable character. Has that been your experience, Bonnie, um, <laughs> with tours? Look, the people of standing 
I mean, they let me shoot a gun. And <laughs> was that inside the venue or No, outside? that was in our free time. Okay. And I don't think I was meant to be doing that. Maybe not. Things so, have changed. So do you think... Do you think in 20 years' time, though, you might be uh, interviewed and you're saying, well, in the olden days of the comedy tours, <laughs> we all had guns? Yeah, I think this, this is probably what will get me cancelled yeah. in the end. And then Letty says, but, but it wasn't always like that. A few years ago, you left your hometown hoping. In fact, you lived in hopes. You sincerely hoped the show would click and you hoped you wouldn't be stranded. But alas, hopes weren't always realised. <laughs> <laughs> on, on two occasions, I was stranded hundreds of miles from home. Now, that hasn't happened. Like, if they take you on tour, they're going to bring you back, aren't they? Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yes and no. Yeah. Even if they don't sell many tickets, you'll probably get home. You'll probably get back, yeah. Yeah. And, Christina, when you, you've been on comedy tours as well. Mm. You, you went on the Comedy Festival Roadshow a couple of times, didn't you? Yeah. Yes. They were pretty good to you, were they? Look, they were, but I didn't realise that we were all supposed to be sharing the driving of our Tarago across <laughs> the plains. So I understood we got flowing somewhere, but I think I thought we were kind of chauffeured around. But it, it was pretty intense. You'd go, you'd perform, you'd get up quite early and then you had a tight schedule to get to your next far-flung Did they give you petrol money? Well... <laughs> I don't actually know how any of that worked, but I do remember quite a crazy experience with um, a well-known comedian or comedian, uh, <laughs> um, Cal Wilson, when she was at the wheel and we were driving along and there were all these emus running and she said, imagine if an emu ran in front of and then didn't even finish her sentence <laughs> and an emu did run in front of the car and it was a whole situation and there was a lot of screaming and, like, we hit the emu Aww, and, there, and there was a whole bunch of comedians standing out on the road not sure if we're supposed to help the emu. You would have been the most qualified. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm really scared of emus. And, look, it, was, <laughs> it seemed to be okay. It got up and kept running, but it was quite flustered. <laughs> My mate actually got bit by an emu on the tour as oh. well. Oh. Yeah, they're so very com- didn't com- you guys go, like comic. Yeah, didn't you guys go AWOL at the <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um uh, me and Cameron Duggan was the other comic on the trip and um we kept getting a little bit overexcited and distracted by absolutely anything. Mm. There was a um a an agricultural equipment museum that sidetracked us. And it, it's <laughs> that that had happened to anyone. Yeah. And an emu farm. But the issue was we were meant to be following the other cars, but there's no reception. So uh, once you veer off you're, you're your lost. Own. And um so yeah we we stopped off at the emu farm. We thought we know it's just a straight road to the next town. It's fine. They'll they'll know we'll catch up but um they ended up coming back to the the farm the tour leaders and and just walked in went where are they (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah and and, you know this this is really focusing and these articles do focus on the experience of the comedians but the comedian wranglers are probably really having a hard time (laughs) yes exactly yeah okay so let's hear about when letty got stranded um the first time was in cairns And the last, I hope it will be the last, in Tasmania. When I heard the sad news in Cairns, I sat down and cried. But I was soon cheered up by the others. Most of them had been in a similar plight before and took the blow quite philosophically. We held a meeting on the stage. It was decided to place our position before the responsible people in the town and see what could be done. 
In a few hours, the local magistrate, clergyman, priest, policeman, hotel proprietor and others were organising a concert with the company as the performers, which is kind of a little bit weird because their original problem was that they weren't selling any tickets. <laughs> yeah, now it's an enforced form yeah, of And now it's like we, we have to get rid of them, so just come yeah. and then they're gone. Pay your ticket price and we'll move them on. It was a big success and a repeat performance was necessary. The proceeds paid our fares to Sydney. <laughs> Christina and I just looked at each other like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, like, you've generally had fair, well, what has the reception been like on tour? Well, the the first time we went to last time, they hated us. Mm. They wanted us out, which was a really good start. But they paid. They'd paid to come, which I didn't understand because they turned up with an attitude of hating us as soon as they walked in. <laughs> all of them. They all hated us. Um, but then the, the, the towns afterwards, they were, all, they were all right. Wasn't there one town where it started raining but they just <laughs> pretended it wasn't even raining? <laughs> we were set up outside and it just started pissing rain. But everyone was too polite to acknowledge the Don't rain. Don't mention the rain. And the comic that was on stage for some reason, she just kept going. <laughs> <laughs> and then the audience just sat there laughing at the right yeah. times and then we were like, okay, let's go inside and everyone brought their own chairs in. It wow. Was beautiful. That's lovely. Yeah. Oh, and how did you go on the road show, Christina? Um, look, pretty good, but I do remember there was one town, I can't remember where it was, they'd screwed up the advertising as to what time the show started, so I think they'd advertised that it started at 6, but it actually started at 8. Oh, so that's time, a long time. By the time we arrived, everyone was pretty intoxicated mm. and not many people were wearing shoes. Like it was quite an intense experience. So it was a mining town of some sort. So a lot of men had been on Bundy and Coke for a very long time and it was there was that. I would have loved your stories about living Look, in semi rural life. Of, well, I, I, think I, was, I think I was peddling my teacher gear, <laughs> and I really don't feel <laughs> it connected with that audience. So, I, from memory, I cut out quite a significant chunk because I just panicked and wanted to get off stage. Yeah. For my own safety. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, dear. Okay. Miss Creighton is young in years but old in experience. She was actually about 40 when this article was published, which I'm not saying is old, but... Yeah, she, that's old for a comedian. Mm, comedian. She made her stage debut at the age of six months. And what? Yeah, it's a baby. Because mm, her parents... She goes into more detail in the next article, but her parents were stage people. I think her grandparents were as well. Oh, wow. Shot out of a cannon. Yeah, she months. was. That's how she was born. <laughs> And has been playing parts ever since she learned to walk. She made her first appearance for Cinesound in Tall Timbers. Her work in that film earned her an important part in Let George Do It, which stars a well-known comedian, George Wallace. Anyone here ever heard of George Wallace? No. Hang on. No. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I thought we were going to get some gold there. No. He wasn't running your last uh, tour. (laughs) I tried really hard to find some footage of Letty. But yeah. I couldn't. And, like, there's footage of Let George Do It, but it's mainly George showing off. Mm-hmm. It was a bit disappointing. I'll go on. There's also another article. So it's from the Sydney Morning Herald. Oh, a review. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I actually... wonder if she desperately gathered people for review night. <laughs> guys, guys, I've got a review. 
she probably did. Yeah. And I did um I did look for reviews of her and I tried to find things from Cairns and Tasmania of the failed mm. tours, but I couldn't really and I actually mainly found good reviews. Apparently she used to do very funny dance numbers and stuff. Okay. That's great. So, yeah. She I think she was, you know, she was quite good. She was she was working for a long time. Mm. Um Sydney Morning Herald, twenty first of January nineteen forty one. So this is three years later and it's called Letty Creighton's Varied Career. Letty made her first stage appearance aged six months when she played the illegitimate child in a <laughs> melodrama. <laughs> and I also heard that when she was a baby she used to play a character called the Baby Jackson. And since then she has appeared in everything from a pantomime to drama. She is Letty Creighton, the well-known Australian actress who is at present appearing in Sydney in the Minerva Theatre in Reunion, Vienna. So she's always plugging something when she's doing these mm. interviews, which mm. is pretty common, Classic. isn't it? So she let George do it and now she's in Reunion, Vienna. So she's doing a bit of PR. Miss Creighton's parents and grandparents were on the stage and as she explains, I grew up inhaling grease paint and powder and sleeping in a wardrobe basket. You don't I, that's something that has changed. <laughs> yes. We don't do that you don't as much now. Sleep in wardrobes. Oh, no, there is a venue actually in Sydney. I'll <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, take it back. <laughs> and um, I won't say which one, but there is a venue where the, the guy that owns the club, yeah. he's just got a, a mattress out the back. So there's a, there's a side bit for comics and then there's a side bit where his office is, where there's a desk, and that's where we go for meetings if there's any business to be done. Ew. And then there's a... And then there's a <laughs> Then there's also a mattress there. And if he has kids, he'll just open up the cupboard and, and, and pop them in. Pop one in. And he might have one out there. There's a, um animal that roams around as well. So um, It's such a full home with a pet. Yeah. It? Wow. What about that little venue that's not too far from here that we performed at? They oh, that's people not, living there. That's not a theatre anymore. No, yes. it probably shouldn't have been an it issue. It never should have been a theatre. But there was a room, like a bedroom where you got – it was very strange. Yeah, it was the guy's house. Like he was living in the yeah. upper floors but like the bathroom was like his bathroom. Yeah. And he never – Yeah, and there was like it. toothbrushes in – glasses and stuff. And it was so full of mould and gross and it was just yeah. like you're having visitors, like hey, people are <laughs> yeah. paying. Yeah, not visit. just normal visitors Your but house. ones who are paying. <laughs> yeah, it's really So I get in a panic if my parents are coming over yeah. and I make a real effort. Imagine if your parents were paying Yeah, imagine you. if they paid. I'd, yeah. I'd probably do even more. Yeah, I actually think that these articles could have been written very Quite recently. Quite contemporaneously. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I mean, it's what, 80 years ago but Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. Letty's grandparents were the Brayleys of Brayleys Dramatic Company and her father was part of the dancing team of Delory, Creighton and Holland. (laughs) (laughs) He married the sabrette of the company, a a A.D. Barton. What's a sabrette? I'm so glad you asked. And, you know, I know this. A sabrette is, well, sometimes it just gets defined as a female comedic role, but it actually means maid, I think, originally. And so it was like in a lot of operas there's this character of a maid who's sort of young and perky and usually funny. Okay. So now they don't, it doesn't have to be a maid now, but it often is. Okay. At the age of 21, Letty was acting with her mother in character sketches. Oh, God, Penny, imagine that. Oh, God, if we were 21 with our mum doing character sketches. (laughs) Yeah, well, you're both performing. The fights. It'd be terrible. (laughs) 
she appeared at the end of her mother's performances and gave a miniature impression of the preceding sketches. Now, at the age of 21, this is a moment where I feel like I need to go back and check the actual, because I've got the text here of the article. Do they mean the age of 21 months? Surely not. Yeah, that would be cute to have a little kid. But they're not even two. They're not really capable of much. Uh, this is Lessie. Yes. Yeah, true. And she was shot out of a cannon for yeah. six months. Yep. And out of her mother's vagina. Yeah. yeah. Even earlier. Yep. Yeah. Onto the stage. <laughs> <laughs> she flew through the air. They sold like, tickets to that little, event. <laughs> she flew through the air, put her little arms out and a little tutu came to her. Yeah. Yeah, and she shit yeah. in. Yep. That's right. Um, onto the tour bus. <laughs> <laughs> Wipe off the placenta. <laughs> Get on board. <laughs> so let's just assume that she wasn't 21. She was like a toddler or something. Okay. Okay. She said, Mother used to teach me my dialogue by repeating it to me during my <laughs> afternoon rest <laughs> instead of telling me stories. Do you know, that reminds me. Sorry. I read a thing once about Shirley Temple. Mm. And apparently... Well, obviously she was a genius, mm. but it used to drive her adult co-stars crazy because she'd only be told what she had to say once and she'd remember and so then she'd just be leaping around all over the place waiting for the adults to catch up. She, oh, I love um, Shirley Temple. Mm. She, as an adult, was an amazing woman. I probably don't agree with a lot of her politics, but she did a lot of work for... Um, patient rights because mm. she had breast cancer and in the olden days what they used to do is if a woman had breast cancer they didn't like to talk about it much and tell her what was going on because that would be upsetting and so they just used to say oh we're just gonna you're gonna have a little operation and we're just gonna have a little look at your breasts and then she'd wake up and they would have chopped them off oh my yeah. god and That's um not distressing yeah no not at all it's much better than and he yeah. to listen to a doctor. The you phrase. can't understand no. yabba yabba science oh, talk about you. You don't yeah. want mm. and, and anyway, so she was quite, like it was very unusual to talk about having cancer and, and breast cancer at that time, but she like talked about it and like advocated and for women to, you know, be told and have mm. the right to decide what, what treatment they wanted. It was great. And very clever and mm. cute hair when she was younger too. Great mm. hair. Just a difficult transition to being a teen actor. Oh, that was gross yeah. when she was like kissing Kerry Grant and yeah, stuff. Yeah, not okay. Oof. Okay, so we're back to Letty being sort of exploited as a child, we think. Mm. Um, from that age, I always appeared in comedy numbers and even when I was a child performer with Pullers, Pullers. Which was the name of the company, I assume. Oh, oh. <laughs> I never, like the other children, appeared in pretty numbers. I was always a comedian. Yes, because you can't be attractive and funny. <laughs> no. No. Mutually exclusive. Yep. I can remember that my constant plea was, when am I going to do a number in a pretty pink dress? Oh. Do you dress up to go on stage, Bonnie? No. No, I actually, um, I worry that. Like it's stupid, but I, I don't like to wear a dress on stage because I think that it people does look up people respond not as well. Well, there's that too. There's what? People. I always think because usually you're on a stage that's elevated and I just feel people could see up your dress. Not always. The, the <laughs> venues I'm performing don't always have a stage. Okay. <laughs> which is good. Just keeping it real. Yeah. However, despite these heart burnings, Miss Craden admits that her vaudeville training was invaluable. <laughs> When you're on the vaudeville stage, you have only yourself on whom to depend 
You develop the art of being able to ad-lib and gain much confidence, she said. Do either of you ad-lib <laughs> no. As a, when you were doing... Sometimes I heavily script a, an a, 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 a comical <laughs> deviation and then ask the audience a question that I know they're going to answer in a certain way and then... Yeah, I've really always tightly adhered yeah. to a script. <laughs> yeah, sometimes... So did I when I did it. I like the idea of free-forming, but it is also alarming. I would say better comics can do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, those, God, those it's pain. Jeez, <laughs> it's, it's painful when a, a non-better oh. comic has a crack and it yeah. doesn't. Well, every now and then I think, oh, I should have a go, and then I realise why I don't have a go. <laughs> I remember going to a horrific, horrific audition years and years ago in Sydney for some American comedy show, like The Last Comic Standing. Yeah. And so had to be tapped on the shoulder to go to the audition. So you're like, oh, they must think I'm okay to go. And I had my, you know, tightly scripted routine yeah. and I launched into it. And the guy who was there to run the auditions, like, just stopped me. He's like, what's that? <laughs> I'm like, that's my routine. Like, okay, you're going to need to do something different. <laughs> I'm like, I don't have anything different. He's like, look around the room, look around for inspiration and go. Oh, my God. And I what had. What a nightmare. And <laughs> Did, I would have just gone. <laughs> I would have just gone. I feel very sick and ran out of the room. I tried to make yeah. some stupid comment about the carpet. He's like, no, no, not like that. <laughs> and, and then I started to talk about because there was a bar at the back and he's just like, no, okay, this is not your time, not your time. <laughs> That's so and that was, It was the most humiliating experience and there were all these other comics standing there. And Oh, no. It's brilliant because Americans are normally so positive and I don't trust anything they say because oh. they say everything's great. So, yeah. God, you must have been. Bad. Not your time. Not your t- <laughs> Just what are you doing? What is that? Not your time. Oh, that's so funny. I, but even so, that's so polite. It's not like your shit. It's yeah. like. Not today. It was implied. Yeah. <laughs> I was. I had booked for another night of accommodation in Sydney, and I moved my flight forward to that afternoon. Oh my god! Just wanted god. to go. You didn't yeah. want to go to the zoo or anything. No, I was done. Yeah. No, Taronga was going to fix that. <laughs> okay. Now, from Vaudeville, Miss Craden went to pantomime. Oh no, it's just pantomime. Penny, it's just panto. You know, they used to hyphenate a whole lot of stuff that now is just one word. Oh, okay. Mm. And musical comedy. And among the musical shows in which she has appeared are Good News, Archie, Mercenary Mary, and Sunny. I'm sure they were very good. Oh, Mercenary Mary's a winner. Yeah. yeah. She sounds like a bitch. She doesn't um, sound very funny. No. Well, when you see Letty do it, though. Yeah. Yeah, with that vaudeville background. Yeah, she yeah. does a like, little dance. And, yeah. 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 She has actually written a pantomime, Sinbad the Sailor, which has been produced in Sydney and also an original panto, The Wishing Egg. Sounds a bit based on Edna s- Blyton's The Wishing Chair. Yeah, you sit on it and... And go places. <laughs> <laughs> so what, was she famous? Um, look, I, I'd say, yeah, in that time she was okay. reasonably famous. Um, like, well, no, not famous. I wouldn't say famous but, like, sort of well-known. Like if you imagine a, sort a of household e-grade. name. I don't know. Would she? She wouldn't have been on Arndo's brush with fame. I don't think okay. she's that level. Mm. But maybe I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm a bit worried that she seems to be doing everything and most people that do that do everything 
quite badly. Like she's a writer, she's mm. an actor, she's doing drama, panto, comedy. Yeah. She'd dance. probably do a podcast. Yeah, she's, <laughs> she'd have a podcast. Radio. Yeah. That's yeah. Well, she does right. Well, she'd get, I'll get to that. Radio. She does radio. But I mean, it is quite common. Like most people don't just perform on the stage. You're like, how many Australian comedians would there be making their income from, well, not last year, but well, yeah. not at the moment, but e- even normally? Yeah, not like, many. Mm, hardly yeah. anyone's making money from performing yeah, on that's stage. True. Yeah. But yeah, like not not that many people are doing radio, television, film, mm. vaudeville. Not many people nowadays doing vaudeville. No, yeah, it's really dropped off the table. And hasn't I feel it? like people are missing a trick. Mm. Next year's comedy festival. <laughs> okay, next year's vaudeville. Yeah, <laughs> tangy <year's> vaudeville show. <laughs> Start a vaudeville festival. I don't even know what it means, but I'm in. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I don't either. I've got no <laughs> visual at all, but I'm into it. I'll get Lincoln to to yeah. buy buy a cannon. Yeah, <laughs> excellent, excellent. Okay, Miss Creighton has written numerous sketches for her husband, Ron Shand. And <laughs> Ron Shand is often known as Ron Wacko Shand. <laughs> oh. I'm going to show you a photo of Ron and Letty together. I've got one down the Classic bottom Classic Wacko. Wacko oh. Shand. And it's a bit of a, like, I'm really happy for, there they are. Oh, wow. Like she's she a bit is not how there. I thought she would <laughs> no. be. Well, she's, you know, that's obviously in the later in the later years, she looks like a really nice sort of grandmotherly figure. Yeah, yeah. She, she looks like she could be on a on a biscuit. They do sound like they're on a breakfast radio, though. Oh yeah, Lenny yeah. and Lenny and Ron <laughs> Rackers, and, and Lenny's just like, oh Ron, stop it! They've got matching tattoos. Oh Ron, yeah. six a.m. Oh, tattoos. You can't say that. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but and I and I know like when you hear Ron Wacko Shan, you think, oh, who's this guy? But actually, this guy's really nice. And I, I her first husband, there was a nasty divorce, which I wasn't actually going to read that let, that that article out. But uh, there's quite a lot of detail, and uh, Letty and friends caught him in the act. Um, they they set up a bit of a sting, and oh. Well, um, yeah, they, they basically followed him and he, he took a young lady from the theatre home. He said he was working late. From wow. the theatre too, that hurts. I yeah. know. Your place of work. Exactly. Well, he yeah, owned, even if it is vaudeville. If my husband took someone to a comedy show and <laughs> oh, be, that would hurt more than. And he owned, he owned the theatre. And what was his name? His name was Frederick Veer Grouse. Mm-hmm. He was carrying on with someone called Lily Smith. A girl employed at the same theatre. Oh. And so he told her he was playing cards. Mm. Well, they might have played cards. Wow, yeah. More pop like poker. (laughs) (laughs) And so, yeah, and in those days when someone got divorced, I had to have a reason. Well, yeah, and she had to prove that he was cheating on her. So So he had all the witnesses. Yeah, and then it all comes out in court and... um, Gosh. And they, they get to talk about it. And then I think Letty actually attacked the woman. Which I think is not right because mm. you know she's she's not. It's che- not her cheating. fault exactly. Attack the man, yeah, young Lewis. Oh, well, I mean, maybe no. Don't resort to violence, no, at all. Yeah, no, just tear them to shreds in court. Yeah, tear mm. them to court and just say, well, this is disappointing because we'd made promises this and is I was disappointing behaviour. <laughs> I was. I'm really disappointed. Yeah, you know, I might have made different decisions if I if you'd been mm. honest and said that yeah you were going to keep seeing other people. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But that's not how she handled it, and there was a, a bit of a fight and um, a bit of a scrap. And then I looked up Frederick V. Grouso because he was 
a man working in the theatre as well. And I wondered, you know, did she cross paths with him again? No other articles about him. No, um, he's a nobody. Yeah. There's heaps on Letty, nothing on him. So, yeah. and lots on Wacko Shand as well. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, so that was a bit of a diversion. Okay, so. Miss Creighton has written numerous sketches for her husband, Ron Shand, who is appearing in the pantomime Cinderella at the Tivoli, and she wrote the extremely catchy numbers sung by Yvonne Banvard in the review, Let's Be Intimate. Intimate. Ooh. Mm. <laughs> wow, the- that escalated quickly. <laughs> this is raunchy stuff. I know, at the Minerva Theatre. These included the tango, slow tempo, and the swing numbers, fun and games. Looking at your photo... <laughs> And you'll find out. I have (laughs) written literally hundreds of tunes. So she's like a, yeah, she's also, she's like a musical comedian as well. What do we call them? Oh, musical Musical comedians. Musical comedians. Or shit. There's a lot of people that just think, hey, I'm not really that funny, but if I add a guitar, maybe. And Maybe ukulele, please. And also, you get to repeat the same joke yeah. over and over again yeah. in the chorus. And you can keep performing that song at multiple venues, and everyone thinks that's okay. And they will clap at the end. Yeah. Yeah, they will. You're going to get a mid performance clap. I've yeah. got a joke Can't like that it. where it just forces them to clap, even if they don't find it funny. Yeah. And I, I think it's that. good to force people to interact and yeah, look and express like they're having a good time. Yeah. Absolutely. It's good for the not. photos as well mm. because they can't tell what. What just Why? Yeah. No. Excellent. A peek behind the curtain there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's more of a how-to, this podcast. Yeah. Yes. More of a little guide. Mm-hmm. Okay. I have written literally hundreds of tunes, said Miss Creighton. Sometimes I think of a good tune first and then write the words to accompany it. Hmm. And other times I hear a phrase which I think would make a good line in a song. See, musicians shouldn't talk. Very dull. No. no. <laughs> That's right. Writing for the radio was another of Miss Creighton's accomplishments. Yeah. She wrote the Darby and Joan series and produced... I feel that's really well known. Series produced by George Edwards. She has also written supplementary dialogue for the plays Busman's Honeymoon, in which she played in New Zealand, and Banana Ridge. <laughs> which was produced recently at the Theatre Royal. Frank Bradley needed three more minutes in which to make a change and I had to write sufficient dialogue for this period. I hope Ben Travis won't mind, she said of Banana Ridge. I don't understand the three minutes Sorry. to make a change. I, oh, to get changed. To get changed. <laughs> change. Yes. So she's written a monologue. She's written something and I think Ben Travers must have been the original playwright of Banana Ridge. Oh, okay. That well-known play. Miss Creighton has done a lot of radio work and is well known to Fred and Maggie Everybody fans. <laughs> is it like Only Fans? What is it? Fans Only. Fred and Maggie Everybody. Uh, that must have been the show. Okay. As for the past two years, she has played the role of Maisie in this series. And she says, Radio work is really rather difficult, said Miss Creighton. You have to rely solely on your voice for your effects. Mmm. <laughs> 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 and we should know it took a good hour to set up these microphones. Yeah. I mean, we didn't do it. No, really. no, and a lot of the physical comedy I've been doing throughout have... the podcast has been sorely missed by listeners. <laughs> People don't know this, but I've done a lot of dancing yeah. today. Yeah, yeah mm. you really have. And if I'd read this article more carefully mm. beforehand, I wouldn't have bothered. I wasn't sure why we had to spend three hours in hair and makeup before <laughs> the podcast, but we'll take a photo afterwards. Yeah, great. Mm. <laughs> 
on the stage, if you if on the stage, if you sound slightly Irish and look, <laughs> and look tremendously so. One eighth Irish. Yeah. If you sound slightly Irish and look tremendously so. So how are you looking tremendously Irish? Red hair. Red hair. I think hair gel. Green. Yeah. Hair gel. Yeah. Yeah, green eyes. Couple of shamrocks. You're and dancing a- an Irish dance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Slamming down Guinness. <laughs> Maybe on a pony. Yeah. So, and you look tremendously so. You get away with an Irish characterization or uh, a racist stereotype. Yeah. Either today. or. Yeah, but that's the whole thing. If you, if you are Irish, you're allowed to say it. Mm. So I think that's what she's getting at. It, In a subtle roundabout No, I way. think she's saying, you know, you can play any character Oh, okay. Yeah. And then she goes, on the radio, you have to sound exactly like an Irish woman. Okay. Ah, oh, she's clever. Mm. Yeah, you can't get the accent a bit wrong. And you can't just wear a hat. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. go. Yeah. Or as I've done before with a character, just had a T-shirt that says <laughs> I am an alien. It really, <laughs> yeah. really cuts down on the character. Yeah, you don't have to do as much prep. Yeah, and that's the beauty of the stage. Yeah. You wouldn't get away with that um, in radio. No. Film work also has its disadvantages, said Miss Creighton, who has acted in six Cine Sound productions and in Seven Little Australians. She wasn't one of the Little Australians. She was a bit older, I think. Mm-hmm. She, she could play one of the Irish. Yeah. <laughs> this is more of a tip for you all. Frequently, the scenes are not shot in rotation and it is hard to remember what your reaction should be to the person with whom you're acting, you find yourself asking, did I hate him in the last scene or were we getting along famously? <laughs> For this reason, I find that film acting becomes a bit mechanical. You are told by the director to express loathing and contempt, so you promptly exude these doubtful qualities in a stage play as the story unfolds, so you unfold with it. Mm, that's a powerful mm. metaphor. Well, I can't act, so I can't relate. Oh, but, but you went to acting school. I did, and I should sue them. <laughs> <laughs> but have you found your acting? Does that help you in your current work, your acting no, experience? I keep getting auditions for things, <laughs> and I keep getting turned away. Oh, but you got that that ad. What was it for? Um, <laughs> For my car, tire and auto, I wow. got I got that because the director thought I was funny, not because I could act. Ah. What about that one where you were so funny falling off the exercise board? Well, they always say that they want comedians, but they actually want someone who can act. <laughs> it's confusing. Yeah, for one, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But they, geez, they enjoyed it though. Oh, they enjoyed it. Bonnie had an audition and she was on an exercise bike and what that, happened? Oh, it wasn't even a real bike. I was just on a chair. <laughs> I, oh, my God, I've always imagined that you. Okay. Oh, that was the brilliance of it. And the, the man did laugh a lot and pro, now in hindsight I think too much. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't think he that he was sorry like. for you. Yeah, it was like she's brilliant. It's like I can't believe this is happening. Yeah. Can someone remove her? Yeah. What were you, was that what you were supposed to be doing? Yeah. <laughs> I told you I can't impro. I didn't just go in there. No, so I he was told, told you to. to pretend. Yeah, I can't remember. It was for um, a, a low carb beer, I think. Oh, I think it was so. It was one of those stupid. I didn't like the concept of it. It's like you won't have to exercise as much. Yeah. Uh, so it's probably good I didn't get that one. Mm, but Letty's right. It's difficult. Okay, she was playing that of the Dame in Sinbad the Sailor. Usually pantomime dames are played by men, but I was the exception. Mm. 
I had to tear myself into a sort of boy clown and didn't enjoy the experience very much. My favourite roles are widely contrasted. They are Edith in The Women and Topsy in Uncle Tom's Cabin. Oh, this is nice. Miss Graydon's hobbies are knitting and animals. At the moment, she has three dogs and a grey Persian cat named Silver. And they all wear jumpers knitted by Letty. Yes. <laughs> oh, lovely. But her past pets have included sundry dogs, birds and a pig called Little Audrey. Oh, oh. who I can relate. Christina owns a pig. I do. And a cat called Audrey. So You're joking. No. This mm. is a bit spooky. I am Letty. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, Audrey appeared with me in a pantomime some years ago and when the show was finished, I said to the producer, what is to become of Audrey? I expect she'll go to... I'm doing a voice now. I expect she'll go to the nearest butcher, he replied. This was too much for me, so I... (laughs) I I like Letty. Yeah, I know, this is exactly how you get all your animals. This is actually me. Yeah, yeah. me. I'm told a sob story and I'm on board. (laughs) This was too much for me, so I claimed Audrey on the spot and she lived with me for many months until she turned into a horse and created havoc in the place with her sturdy burrowings and fence breakings. I think she means that she got just got bigger. Oh. As far as I'm aware, it's she not the transition into yeah, a horse. It's not <laughs> the case that in, in the olden days pigs used to turn into horses. No, I don't yeah. think so. Um, now she is married. And living in the country, trying to forget the glamour of the footlights. Oh, I thought you meant the pig was. No, no, I think, <laughs> no, I think that's no, the what pig she went does to the pig. Oh, okay. No, oh. She, well, no, she's married and living in the country. The pig, yeah. Audrey, yeah. I think she, it was probably an arranged marriage, which yeah is questionable. To a real bore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. <laughs> Among Miss Craden's most interesting experiences has been acting in tent shows and country tours of Australia. <laughs> And in a tiny hall at the Franz Joseph Glacier in New Zealand. Oh, we've been there, Pen. We have. Oh, I've been there too. Oh, we were there at the oh, same we were, time. We were in New Zealand at the same time in the South oh. Island. We met up in Windsound. We? Yeah, we Bonnie saw... remembers it fondly. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, we were at a lot of breweries. We were, yeah. and you were fourteen. <laughs> I was terrified on that glacier. I don't remember my emotions. And you didn't even have a gig. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Is that the one that you hike on? Yeah. I, I got really into that. Oh, I mean, I, it was great, but I was really scared of falling and slipping mm. yeah. to my death. I felt really, really brave in New Zealand. Like I didn't do bungee jumping, but I felt I, you did. And I've seen the footage because you grope the yes. guy and then you fall off. She literally groped the crutch of the instructor. And then you're so mortified you committed to the bungee. <laughs> No, I had no idea I was doing that. I don't. I just can't believe you did it. Oh, I can't believe I did it either. Like it was, it was like that moment. Like you really don't know whether you're actually going to jump. Yeah, because she doesn't like touching. I people. would know because <laughs> I would not have jumped. I didn't do it. I would have had to shuffle. And back. he just he didn't push me. But there's just <laughs> he did emotionally. I saw though. him push someone else, but he didn't push me. But he they just stand really close to you, and it's just this sort of. Intimidating Im- impetus that you know. Imagine having that job. I'd be petrified just I'd, standing there pushing people. What if you get taken down with them? Oh, well, he's wearing a yeah, bungee. But I'd, I'd so, like, want to surprise bungee. And what would I do on the way down if I'm groping him up the top? <laughs> <laughs> but 
also you, so annoying. You're waiting for people and it's nearly lunchtime. Yeah, and it's, like, yeah, oh, God. And, I and think, once you've done something a few times, yeah. it's not scary. You're like, oh, just get on with it. Yeah, not yeah. that hard. It's like the top, you know, yeah. um, diving tower or something. I mean, it, it is absolutely terrifying, but the moment when the cord works and you bungee, like, it's just the best feeling because you're like, uh, I'm not going to die. Yeah, wow. It's, and that's so trust you, on that. you are going to prison though because yeah. you're inappropriate. <laughs> that's right. I didn't know. <laughs> oh. Yeah, and I swore a lot. Yeah, you did. I've mm. seen the video. It's great. <laughs> there were like families nearby. Yeah. Well, that's the risk they take. <sighs> okay, tent shows are really remarkable, she said. They take place in country towns at showtime and sometimes there are five or six different tent shows in one small town. Each Sounds show like the start of the fringe festival. Yeah, really. <laughs> Each show has its own amplifying system and band, and the noise is wow. terrific. <laughs> Remember, in the olden days, terrific meant big, mm. <laughs> not good. Oh, okay. Yeah. The tents, which are oblong in shape, are equipped with a proper stage, wings, and dressing rooms, and the aisles are covered with carpet. She said. This actually sounds really good. Yeah, I think that's what comedy festival needs to go back to. Everyone just gets their own tent and erects it wherever it's they feel so like. So much cheaper. And you know what? Yep. For disabled access. Oh, yes. Just tent. open the flap. Exactly. It's going to be so much better than putting it in some, you know, old bar up three flights of stairs. I think we're on to something. I think, well, they'll be listening. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, funny because they won't. Because um. <laughs> no one will. Exactly. It's an, no, it's mom, an oral history project, everybody. Mum will read the transcript. At the Franz Joseph Glacier, where Miss Creighton and her husband, that's Ron Wacko Shand, Wacko, <laughs> were travelling with their Gloom Chasers company. Oh, I don't know why they changed that name. They're chasing away the glooms with the laughs. Oh, right. Yeah, I thought they were hunting down the gloom, yeah. Oh, well, I don't know. I wasn't there. They were asked to give a special performance in the local hall. When they got there, they discovered to their horror that the hall possessed no stage and the members of the company had to set to and build one as best they could. Now, you were saying before, though, Bond, that these days you don't bother. If there's no stage, there's no (laughs) stage. Well, I can't make a stage. I might watch someone else pop something together. Yeah, you'd be like, does anyone want coffee? Yeah, yeah. coffees. <laughs> um, often we don't have a stage. Yeah, that's a thing. Oh. Is that a new thing? Well, yeah, in these days if you didn't have a stage, you were a quell horror. Oh, right. Mm. No, no, no. I honestly think the standards have dropped. We, I rarely have carpet. Very rarely. And yeah. just a space. Yeah. So the improvements are that you're very rarely left in cans by yourself with no money. And no way of getting home. Mm. But there's no carpet and there's... But actually, if I was doing gigs in Cairns, often I'd be responsible for my own travel. So, yeah, Yeah. I'd say I could get stuck in Cairns. These are the golden days of showbiz. Yeah. I can't hear Franz Joseph, the Emperor of Austria, being mentioned in Reunion in Vienna without remembering that occasion. (laughs) (laughs) And and that's just daily. And... (laughs) But no, but what a pro she is because at the end of the interview she has brought it back to the show that she's plugging. Yeah. And it's very tangential but she's done it. She's yeah. like, and remember, I'm appearing in Reunion in Vienna. I I can't do that even when I do have something to plug and I'm like, and I've, I've, if I've had a brilliant gig, the crowd loves me, they want mm. more, I'll still walk off and not tell them that I've yeah. got a show yeah. coming up. <laughs> no. 
Actually, do you it. want to plug your show coming up now, Bon? Come um, on. Yeah, but mum and dad already know. <laughs> <laughs> your mum doesn't know, Kristen. No, my so parents would love to support you. Alison. Hi, Alison. Um, I don't know where you live, but I've got a show in Sydney, in the Sydney Comedy Festival coming up. Um, I, I, to be fair, I don't think it's worth a flight, but if you're already in Sydney... Yeah, if you were going pop by at the Enmore Theatre. Going to the zoo, Tronga Zoo's there yeah. as well. There you go. Yeah, and what dates? Oh, um, 23rd to the 25th of April. Small yeah. window. Yeah, that's what we do in Sydney. Yeah. They, they, they only do a few. It's not like in Melbourne where it's like three and a half weeks of suffering. Yeah, no, it's nothing like that. You have don't even have to. virus under the sun in that three and a half week yes. period. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God, and I can remember a couple of occasions. I was a comedian who I really liked and I found him very funny, but he did a show that was just a bit too weird, I think, and it was on at the same time as my show, so I never got to see it. But he was not getting an audience, but he just had to keep going and I would see him every night out the front flyering, just getting gloomier and gloomier. How many people would go? You know, like four. Like if he had ten, that was great. I remember doing one, uh, one of my shows one time at the town hall and it was just mortifying. I had an audience one night of four Oh. And two of them didn't speak English, so they were backpackers oh. and they sat right at the front with their feet up on the stage and they were so drunk they couldn't even. Oh. And you still did the show. No. And it was really, That's really hard. Yeah. And because there's that whole kind of like culture that offers more audience members nah. and performers and you have to do it and you I really wanted to, to bail on that. Yeah, it's sort of dumb. Like you really I think it's just go. I often now won't, I, I, I will if it's socially acceptable to back out, I will. If there's less than 10 people, I, yeah. I don't want to do it. Because yeah. I don't think the audience wants to sit there. They're only no. sitting there because to be polite. Well, and then they're obliged to laugh. Yeah, yeah it's awkward for everyone. No yeah. one wants that. No. Yeah, and so you just, like, check if anyone wants a game of you know or something. Yeah. And if not, just go home. Okay, so this is the end of the article and it just ends by saying, so long, Letty. And, um... That's it. Really expected more from the answer. Well, it was, it, was quite, it was quite a lot of detail about Letty's yeah. life. Yeah. Um, oh, was that a eulogy? No. She, this is 1941. What, is she, <laughs> is she dead? I'm confused. No, she was, was dead interview. now. That was an interview that she was giving, oh. talking about her life, but really plugging um, yeah. whatever it was in Vienna. It'd be yeah. weird if she plugged a show and, you know, eulogy. <laughs> <laughs> That'll probably be the only time you do it, Bob. Uh, okay. <laughs> Here's a note from Bonnie. If I die, pop a video on of my yeah, some of your greatest raw hits. set. <laughs> <laughs> and you might be wondering, Letty died in 1966, mm. so she was only in her 60s. So that, uh, yeah, that was Letty. And so thanks, Bonnie, very much for coming and telling oh. us about your comedy experiences and really how well things have changed. And quite frankly, they've got worse. In the industry. <laughs> yeah, let's go I back really... to everyone having their own tent. <laughs> Yeah, thank you. I've really enjoyed learning about Letty. Yeah. Thanks, Christina. Thanks, Penny. Let's go home. Okay. (laughs) When it's at home, I mean lunch.